When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Record Celtic Podcast. I'm Graeme Young. Today I'm joined by Record Sports writer Tony Haggerty. And we've got a special guest today, former Celtic striker Scott McDonald. How are you, Scott? Very well, thanks. Delighted to be here. Excellent. How are you, Tony? Great. Did we get a woo woo woo? Yeah, that's perfect. So on the pod today, we look at Celtic's win over Thistle, and that restarts Celtic on winning ways after the weekend. So we look back at the match last night. We also look at Marvin Compare. I've been told that's the right way to pronounce it. As in go compare. Yeah, yes, go compare. Uh, that's it. So we, he's we were taught that as well yesterday. So. so he's a veteran defender, and we'll look at can he strengthen the team and who he could maybe replace at the backline. And we'll also look at uh, this is obviously aimed at Scott here, the Celtic strikers. Brendan Rodgers has been lining up with Odds and Edward, but also Lee Griffiths and Musa Dembele haven't started many games the last few weeks. Mr Dembele in January, could he be on the move? Is he going to stay at Celtic? That will all be discussed in today's pod. So first and foremost, the Partick Thistle game. Tony? Yeah, well, I thought Celtic were pedestrian last night. They got the job done because they were never under any danger eh, from Partick Thistle, who never troubled them in the final third at all. But it still took them 35 minutes to break Thistle down, and it took a very special goal from Stuart Armstrong. How did he play before the goal? Was he, I I, he, he was playing fine. I mean, Scott Brown and Stuart Armstrong were the two best players on the night, you know. But uh, it took Armstrong's cracking strike to to break this down. Who for thirty five minutes would have been pleased with their game plan, which was to frustrate and contain, you know. And you know, you kind of you worried a wee bit how Celtic. I thought that Celtic would come flying out the traps, you know, because they've been in situations like that before. But it was it was a very subdued performance, but competent, and they were stroking it around, but. Once they got the breakthrough goal, it was fine. It was just a question of when they would get a second and if they would get more. But uh, I still feel that, you know, we're going to talk about odds on Edward later, but I think he could maybe contribute more. Okay. That's, that's my personal opinion. One thing you touched upon there, Tony, was Celtic coming out the traps quick. Under Rodgers, that hasn't been a hallmark, especially at Parkhead. It's the start of the first few games the Rangers ever did in his first season, it was like that in the Motherwell game the week before but do you think there's a reason for that there's always quite a deliberate way they play is there anything? I, I mean I, I know they, they play a, a, that, that expansive style and the passing style you know but I just felt that there would be an instant reaction to the manner of defeat on Sunday mm-hmm. uh, Scott can maybe enlighten us when mm-hmm. things like ha- happen and you get beaten I, I would have thought he would want to make amends but I just didn't see that from the off you know I didn't see an urgency or you know it was as I say it was pretty pedestrian and, and mundane and until they scored the first goal, it was kind of like, oh. I mean, someone even behind us said, this is like watching Ronnie Dyer's team. It wasn't that bad, but it was kind of approaching, it was tippy-tappy, but going nowhere, you know? So, but uh, as I say, once they got the first goal, it was that, that was kind of, you felt the game was done then, because Thistle offered no resistance, you know, but we're just happy to contain and maybe had their eye on Saturday because they play Hamilton. You know, it's a bigger game for them. You know? Definitely. 
I think one from you here, Scott. Just if you could maybe give us an insight what it's like to be a Celtic player in the sense. Yeah. Coming off a game was. I think. I think obviously what you've said there, you know, Tony, in terms of coming out of the traps quick. I think that's easier said than done. In terms of, if if we look at, you know, not just Sunday on its on its own merit, but if we look at the previous, you know, performances leading into that result, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, um, you know, confidence has a lot to do with that and performances before that that result on Sunday. Um, and it's not just as easy just to come and turn it on. And I think they're looking for a little bit of that confidence now. And I think, like you said, once they scored the first goal, it relaxed, yeah. relaxed their play, relaxed the players, and the confidence started to lift a little bit and they could sort of express themselves a little bit more. And I think that's what's been lacking a little bit this year is everyone was playing at an elite level last year, yeah. playing probably you know higher than what they've you know played you know in their careers up until now. And you had the likes of the influence of Dembele and Sinclair coming into that squad and giving it a massive lift. I just don't feel they've had that this year in terms of with the signings that uh, Brendan Rodgers has made. He's not made enough impact signings you know to that first eleven. You probably think to evolve, you have to freshen. I, I believe so. Teams, I know? definitely do. It's it's a lot easier said than yeah, done. Yeah. So obviously, you know, it's the market Celtic are looking at is a lot different from what you'd be looking at if you were obviously like we always touch on in the English Premier League and. You have to go and buy bargains, and um, they're hoping you know that, that Chan becomes one of them. And slowly, slowly, we've just been seeing him come back on yeah. a game again. I know he didn't play, you know, from the start last night, but um, he's one that they're looking for, you know, more from in the future. There's always a, there was a school of thought as well, Scott, that that result against Hearts was coming. Yes, with the results previous, mm-hmm. you know that they were just dragging the heels a little bit, yeah, weren't they? And they were they were drawing, a, they dropped shit more points than they ever have yes. last season, you know. And everyone felt, well, there's a defeat in the post. Mm-hmm. I think it was the manner of the defeat and the nature of it that shocked everybody and took everybody by surprise. But it was a performance that kind of, if you'd been studying Celtic, you would see that it, it was there, wasn't it? Yeah, you exactly. Know? It was It was coming, you know, in terms of, you know, the, the games against Motherwell, you know, they did enough just to get by it. And they've been, they've been that good that we've been saying for a long time, you know, it's it, that's just the quality of Celtic. They know how to win games when they're not playing so well. But... There's only so long you can't play well and get away with that. And I think they finally hit the nail on the head, you know, on Sunday where you know, a team that come up against them, Craig Levine's played against Celtic previous times at Tynecastle. He knows it's tight, it's a great atmosphere, and he wants to get physical. And that's something maybe lacking in that Celtic team, I think, which we'll touch on a, a wee bit later. Yeah. I think the other one I was going to ask you there, Scott, is you were obviously involved in dressing rooms after defeats, big mm-hmm. defeats. What's the process like for Celtic players, the coaching staff, you have to pick yourself up back to basics. How does yeah, I think I think the management has a, a big say in that in uh, how the atmosphere is within the group itself. And I think Brendan Rodgers and he and his coaching staff are fantastic at getting the best out of their players. And I have no doubt that that was the case. You know, after that poor performance and result on Sunday, you know, when we used to come in when Gordon had us, he was fantastic at lifting the group. Uh, you know, lightheartedness. You know, come on, you know, the Monday and we start again. We start afresh again, and I think it wouldn't have been any different for for these players. And albeit though, you know, losing a game after 69, I don't think many of us can even understand what that would feel like um, to go that length of time, you know, unbeaten. Um, it certainly hurt a lot. But um, yeah, I, I think all the talk was a bit very drastic. I think we've all been <laughs> we've all been waiting dramatically for this to happen for so long that. It was oh my god! It's you know it's a crisis. It's one <laughs> loss in in sixty, you know, in seventy, you know, and we're and I've got Scott Brown saying you know we will bounce back from that. Of course they will. You know they're a top quality side. And who who not better to play than, than than bottom of the league? You know when you know the next game. So especially at home when 
you know, they won't have any confidence either, and they're, and they're just looking to, you know, contain Celtic, and it was a great way to, to come back off a defeat. I think that was a thing as well, there was a sense of perspective needed on that, Scott, you know, you, you know how difficult it is to win matches first and yeah. foremost, but to win, well, to go unbeaten in 69, mm-hmm. I mean, that's something that will take a long time before that's ever eclipsed or, or if it ever is eclipsed, most definitely you know? the other thing is with this group as well uh, the thing that you do ask is that they've never had the pressure previous to now of people chasing them and really putting pressure on them albeit Aberdeen are or was only two points off before you know last night now it's five um and that might have you know in the back of Celtic's mind a little, a little game obviously after you know losing you know that game. It's like, you know, they're, they're, a lot of teams are closer than what they should be to us right now, and and that does add extra pressure. And yeah. um, it's interesting to see how how players react from that because let's be honest, you know, Celtic haven't had that for a good period of time now. And um, if Aberdeen can keep pushing, but I, I still think the, the way Celtic's mentality is that they believe that they are a lot better than than the rest, you know, and they'll continue to go from strength to strength. One player you touched upon there, Scott Brown, player you played with. Uh, what would his role have been? Would he have been similar to Brendan Rodgers in the sense? Would he have been Gene up the players? And yeah, I, there's no doubt that Scott has a massive impact within that changing room. You know, he's, he's such a, a huge leader, um, a motivator, and you know, players look up to him. You know, he's 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 played the most games. You know, a Scottish players played in Europe. His experience levels now are you know unbelievable. Um, he's won everything that you could possibly win within the game up here and. You know, I, I don't think there would have been, you know, too much, you know, of a of a crisis meeting. I think it would have just been, let's get on with it, lads. Next one, and uh, let's forget this one and get on with the next one. Scott's the beaten heart of that team, isn't he? Yeah, well, we've yeah. seen that over the last five performances, have we not? Yeah. In terms of, I think every, over the last two years, yeah. he's played arguably his best. I think even more so because everyone else's performance haven't been of a level of recent times, and he's still showing up yeah. and standing up. And, and, and making you know trying to make things happen and it's just unfortunate that we haven't seen the others moving up to those standards and I think you know Kieran Tierney for we forget sometimes how young you know Kieran is you know, he's still a young boy and he's played a lot a lot of football of recent times and you just fear there is a little bit of a you know a burnout coming with, with Kieran and I'm sure there's no better man than to, to see that than Brendan Rodgers himself and I'm sure he'll see that and Maybe that might be an area where he goes and strengthens, you know, come January and, and trying to give him a little bit of a rest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that takes us nicely to the first January transfer signing, Marvin Compare. What do we think, Tony? What do we know of him? What, what's going to bring? If Marvin can play the way he speaks and Celtic will want to watch, because he was telling, he's an impressive and he was telling us yesterday that he was good in the air, he's a great passer of the ball, and you know, you're thinking to yourself, have Celtic signed Franz Beckenbauer here, you know, because that's, that's what he kind of. He was saying that that's what he does, but uh, listen, he's played it. it's a decent pedigree. He's he spent a lot of time in the Bundesliga, and the Bundesliga is one of the best European leagues. You and know, joining for us, no Leipzig. Yeah, Thank and you. he helped Leipzig finish second in their inaugural season in the Bundesliga and into the Champions League. Okay, but he came surplus to requirements. Was he came out the team, but you can't get through a season like that that high level playing those kind of teams, finishing that position without having some sort of pedigree. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure no, I'd have to agree that. on that. I think, obviously, being his age and the experience he's had, I think um, Brendan Rodgers is looking for a, a leader. You know, one that's got experience at the back, someone who can drag, you know, people left and right, and then tell them where to go. I, I think that's something maybe 
that you know Celtic have lacked a little bit you know, on the experience side of the game because it is a very very young squad um, out with you know we touch on Scott Brown and to have another you know senior you know player in the mix obviously they lost Colo Torre at the end of last season and I think you know Brendan's missed him in terms of a mentor and a leader um, even when he wasn't playing they got the initial bounce when Colo Torre yes. came in defensively he organised everything and he looked the part mm-hmm. and right up until the game against Borussia at home where yeah. he had the clangers and made those mistakes and then people started to and then you see he got injured as well and yeah. you know people started to doubt him but I think it was just too late for Colo to yeah. rediscover some of his yeah, you know true. his form but uh, his influence as you say I think compares coming in one for the influence as well and probably his organisational skills which is something that Celtic have lacked yeah, at the, the back the of biggest the question you know, of it all who, who comes out for him you know, that's, I, that's 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 the biggest one. Is it going to be you know Boyata or Seminovic? If, if you were picking the team first eleven for the oh. Europa game, who would you imagine? I, I would play? imagine from what I hear and from what I know, I, I'd imagine it'll be Seminovic that would be would be the the, the likely one that of the two that would be. Uh, Rogers has said a couple of times. I think he's hinted that he needs players that play, and a couple of times I think Seminovic has missed games. Is yeah. it, do you think Boyata could form a good partnership? Yeah, I just think he he feels. You know, Boyata has got everything. You know, um, since he brought him back in the side, in the side from I think it was more or less Siberia last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, he's been ever present. You know, uh, albeit with the, you know he had that, that injury at the start of the season, but he's been ever present um, since then. And um, he has gone from strength to strength. I just feel sometimes, you know, that they need someone in there that that can when things do get a bit rocky, um, especially in the the big European game, someone with experience that they've lacked that a little bit. They've, they've been strung all over the place and, and they haven't been you know gelled together there's only so much Scott Brown can do further up front you know you need someone in that back four that's willing to drag people and, and organise them you know especially you know in, inside that box which I think has been lacking and I also don't think that Boyata's a common influence I think some people look at Boyata and think you know you're prone to mistakes and you're, yeah. a, you're a worry I think that's and because obviously and, under Rodney Dyler he was making a lot of mistakes was he not there's a player there isn't there in the yeah. sense if compare turns out to be the common influence so to speak but yeah it's got his strengths and go back to just being the ball winner or mm-hmm. and Rodgers has also been given a lot of game time or some game time to Ayer Christopher yes. Ayer so he, he's maybe wanting to see did he impress you last night? He, he, well he strolled through it because he wasn't really under much threat but then again that's that's a good thing because everything every game you play at that level is an experience you know so there are games where yeah. you won't be tested but you still keep your wits about you. You keep a clean sheet because this is a, this is defence it was for what three days previous. Yeah. You know, should you go in there and keep a clean sheet? I, I'm sure it'll have done him the world of good. And, and I think Ron just wants to see what Ayers made of because I think he impressed enough at Kilmarnock. Mm-hmm. You know, and in stages, you know, where he thought people thought this guy could be the real deal, but needs to needs to step it up and play for an extended run with Celtic in the team. And maybe he's looking at thinking. If I can get compare to nurture this guy and Bayata, then he might think of a, a back three or, or whatever, you know, and push Tierney more further forward. One thing I was going to ask you there, Scott, is just in your own time playing the game, what kind of defender gives you the most problems? What kind of player, what type of player? Tall, strong? I, I didn't mind it? the physical types. I didn't mind that at all, tall and strong. It was more the, the more mobile you know, centre half that could nip in front of you. You know, because I'm quite a smaller guy, very awkward to play against. Back in, um, get my 
my big backside <laughs> in the way. But it was it was the ones that were a little bit more nimble and could read the play and, and just nip in front of you or, or just read the play and, and were quick, obviously, you know, on the ground as well. Uh, that's always difficult to play against. But they were they were the more difficult. The, the, the big, tall, you know, generalised centre-half wasn't an issue for me. I think I gave them more problems than, than what they gave me in the end. So, so we'll turn now to players, transfers for South in January. First one I want to touch on is players out. There's no... I'd say obvious it was one to the other. Nader Chifri, who's on loan at Plymouth, obviously yeah. his field never. But guys like Liam Henderson or Plusinovich, is there anyone you think's likely? I think uh, no, I think Sviatchenko could be one. Yeah, I really do. Obviously, yeah, now that Compare's really. come back in, um, he's been fit for for a little while now, yeah. and he, he's not really been seen, has he? No. He's not been given any game time. So, uh, and I'm not sure Brendan Rodgers is convinced he's his type of yeah. player. Albeit, I think he's probably the hardest defender to play against at Celtic. Yeah, yeah. You know, played against you know the three of them yeah. that have been playing obviously up until Compare came. I think he was the most physical and the most aggressive. Um, but the the overall package, I think Brendan's just not fancying him as much as the as the rest. You trust the manager's judgment because he sees him every day in training. Mm-hmm. So you you've got to think that there's something there that not he just right, doesn't yeah. fancy with, with Eric Fitchenko. Touched on Henderson as well. Henderson's long been linked with a permanent deal with Hibs you know I don't know further than on Celtic might, well they might start they might think about maybe offering that and some money as for, for McGinn mm-hmm. a John McGinn type I th- they, there is rumours of that you know, uh, I, I think, think that's been circulating for a while and that it would make sound business sense if Brendan Rodgers likes him but he's after the last game he kind of was a wee bit scathing about John McGinn wasn't he and yeah. From, said that he wasn't as good as Scott Brown which, which I think most people would agree with but I think it's fair to say that he he is a good player and if, if that's the market yeah. you touched upon that Celtic are in then they'd have to be looking at guys like McGinn and the possibility of Henderson plus some cash for McGinn would probably represent good value for money uh, I would watch this space on the Henderson one Yeah, uh, it might not be as close to home as what you think um, there is interest from abroad from what I am hearing at the there's minute there's an Italian club isn't there there's possibilities here yeah, from, from obviously what's you know you hear from other footballers and through the grapevine. Um, if that was to be the case, then it'd be a great education for the boy and uh, a great move. I think the, the thing with Henderson is Henderson just wants to play football. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's a, he's a player that loves playing football. Plays a mile in his face, and he's a, he's a lovely lad. And I think he's at the stage where he's thought, you know what, it's not going to happen. He needs to play. Celtic, and he needs to play. Whether that be Italy, whether it be Hibs or, or wherever, just. No substitute for playing, Scott will tell you that. Mm-hmm. I think that's compounded by the fact that he's not playing well, but playing youth games with his brother now, where this Liam was a couple of years ago, he's playing first team and now he's, I think it's getting to that point where I think Tudor said that he could be good. Well, you only need to go back to the 2016 Scottish Cup final. Mm-hmm. It's Henderson to deliver, yeah. put in the ball for David now, Gray to score that famous know, goal. You know, should be kicking a, on at this point. a year down the line, and you're still talking about him not getting regular football. So I think he'll be frustrated by that lack of opportunity more than empty. What about players then? So we've got compare. So what I talk about Lewis Morgan. Uh, well, the manager didn't want to talk about Lewis Morgan <laughs> last night, ha- having previously labelled him the future of Scottish football. No, is that close, Tony, or is that the opposite? Well, it might be manager speak for its course. <coughs> Scott will tell you that more, more than most. So Lewis Morgan, a player you played against this season. Uh, what do you think of him? He's got all the attributes to be a top top player. Uh, the the thing that really stuck out for me was I couldn't really work out what foot he was. He can go both ways, you know, and um, speaking to players that play with him, he's very ambidextrous in, in terms of he, he doesn't really mind going either way. He scored he scored one from 20-odd yards with his left foot 
and he's curled one in with his right foot from from you know outside the box in that in that same very same game and uh, he's very direct and very pacey and he certainly gets bombs off seats um, and you know I, I can see him going from strength to strength albeit you know he's in the championship right now I think he's been you know player of the season in the championship um, there is a heavy you know links with with Celtic at the moment if he does make that move um, how will he cope only time will tell but. If he can certainly do what he's been doing in the championship, he'll he'll be an exciting prospect at Celtic. Would you be quite happy to see him go to Celtic permanently in January if that was the case? I would, I most definitely would. Obviously, any chance to weaken your your opponents, you're more than happy to do so. But um, I believe that even if he does go, that uh, he'll be loaned back. I think that's the the remit for allowing him to to be sold in the first place. Just wanting to touch on, uh, obviously moving out again. It'd be interesting to see what happens with Johnny Hayes as well. Yeah. Not, another guy who's not played a lot of football, and yeah, it's a dream come true to play. You know, a, you know, a club you've supported all your all your, all your life. You know, and, and Johnny Hayes is certainly one of them. But there comes a time if you if you're not playing football, and he hasn't, and there has been a lot of interest. You know, before he signed for Celtic yeah. down in the Championship, and we're only six months on from that. Uh-huh. There's a lot of teams trying to push for promotion. I think Cardiff are one that we're yeah, interested. You just wonder if that that might come up, come about again, and, and Neil Warnock comes and has a little nibble yeah. at him. You wouldn't be surprised if Aberdeen came back. Yeah, I, I think I think now though Johnny's moved on from yeah, that yeah. now. You know, in terms of especially financially, financially you know, yeah, I think yeah. that's a, a that's very difficult one for Aberdeen to, yeah. to probably touch that. And I think he'd be looking now to try and progress his career somewhere else at another higher level if he possibly could. So you also return now to the strikers, so that's obviously your area of expertise. <laughs> so, what's the strategy? What's Celtic strategy with Edward here? We've been starting them a number of games the last few games. Uh, what's the specifics? Do you think with his deal, I think there's a permanent option? Do you think they're trying to get a look at him now to see if he's worth the money at the end? Or? I certainly think that that's a case. I think there's also another case that Brendan Rodgers isn't happy with Dembele or Griffiths at the moment, um, whether it be performance related or, or otherwise, um, and just trying to teach them a little lesson and give them a kick up the backside as well, but also gives them a great opportunity to have a look at Edouard as well. Obviously, off the back of that hat-trick that he scored, everyone got a little bit excited there. His performances haven't really been up to scratch since then, so I think it's a, I think it's a 50-50 at the moment, that one. I think ideally, you know, if it's if Celtic could have their way and he, and he could pick up his performances and they could get him relatively, I think there is a, a certain you know buyout, um, a couple of mil or whatever, um, and if they could buy him, you know, when they're looking for a light, like re, like replacement in terms of can we shift, you know, Dembele on for a, a heavy amount of money and bring in him, and he can be the answer. Uh, still to be debated. I think. Do you think Dembele will go in January? Um, I don't know if it will be January, but I would certainly imagine it will be. If not, then then the end of the season. I think I think it probably will be time that Celtic did cash in. I think maybe his head's starting to get a little bit turned. Also, I couldn't agree more. I also think that Edouard has to do more. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you look at Dembele's a big game player, turns up in the big games. Yeah. You know, yeah, he's a right brute physical presence there, and he gives Celtic that when, when they need it most. Griffiths is just a scorer of great goals and a great goal scorer, and he will run the channels. He's just busy. From the moment Lee Griffiths steps on a football park, he's busy. You know, and a lot of Celtic fans are raging that he, he's not playing because it's a no brainer. You know, and I just think Edouard, the jury's out in Edouard, because mm-hmm. you can score a hat trick, but doesn't necessarily mean you've played well you know Scott will tell you that more, but most strikers are judged by goals but there's just there's, he has to be more mobile he has to be more switched on but again he's young 
and yeah. he's learning. But Dembele seemed to have grasped that from the get-go when he came in, hit the ground running, and I agree with Scott completely that I think his head's been sweetened by various talk elsewhere. And if he doesn't go in January, then he, he almost certainly, I think Celtic will almost certainly want to get the big money for him that they, they hope they're going to get oh, yeah. before you pull your stars on the way. Because yeah. he hasn't lit up this season the way he did last season. So, you know, would you shell out 20 million or whatever it is for him at this moment in time? The answer's probably no. Mm-hmm. I think that Tony City up quite nicely there's got out the three of them, and obviously they've all got skills, they've had all this experience. Who's the best out of the three? I think, I think if you're looking at it, I think we touched on there, I think if you're looking at the, the full, complete player and the promise that he shows and where he can go, it has to be Dembele for me. You know, um, in terms of he's just got all the attributes to be a top, top player. And when he's on his game, I think there's only one choice. You know, Lee does some running really close. Him, yeah. But, um, you know, that, that natural physicality that, that, that Dembele gives you also... You know, causes teams a lot of problems, and we've seen that you know straight away when he first come back yeah, from injury there, and he was playing in Europe. Yeah. Straight away, he's given you know the top European teams problems again. You know, he he has turned up a little bit in those nights because he's yeah. really up for it. He wants to show people that he's at that level. It's just been the week to week stuff at the minute. He's he's not been up to the standards that that what he reached last year at the minute. It's just his decision making sometimes. Yeah, because he's you still know, young yeah, again. Yeah, but yeah, like, we don't like we talk young, about. Yeah, it's as if he's an experienced player, yeah. but he's. What, 20 or Yeah, you know, I think so it's 20. 20. So, yeah. You know, he's got a lot of maturing to do in, in a football sense, but he, the raw ingredients are certainly there. So this takes us on to Griffiths in particular, Scott. <laughs> I think you're a striker, obviously, looking for games, looking for goals, and say for a player, what's the process? You're not playing, might be a bit frustrated. How would a situation like that maybe escalate from this is a bit annoying, I'm not playing, to listen, I really need to start looking at my future? Uh, well, especially when you play for a club of, of Celtic's calibre, um, and in terms of you know financially, um, your head can get turned most certainly. You know, because there is a lot of clubs out there. You know, Lee Griffiths has performed to great levels at Celtic. You know, scoring those two goals against England as well, I think, really raised his stock. You know, in the summer, uh, especially down south, I think that sort of started to get people you know off their off their feet a little bit and go, mm, yeah, Lee Griffiths actually, you know what possibly could do it down in England you know obviously come off the back of the Wolves thing come back up the road and I think the naivety of you know English football sometimes is they don't want to look up here in terms of the quality of, of player that we have and, and they see Celtic players performing to levels and they think oh well it's easy because of what they're playing against but you know Lee Griffiths for me could easily go down to, to England and have a very good career and go back down the championship where he's experienced that before, and, and there's certainly a lot of teams down there that would that would pay you know a lot more money in terms of his weekly wage and probably a good transfer fee, you know if if he was made available. But again, I see Lee very content and being you know very happy you know being up in Scotland you know with his family and, and playing for Celtic, and um, I, I really can't see him moving at this point. But there will come a time, like every good player, if you're not playing, you're not happy. It's as simple as that. And you don't care about where you're at, you just want to play football and, and feel like the main man as a striker does. I also think last season Celtic had that invincible domestic run going and, he, and, he, and Brendan Rodgers chopped and changed it and he had a habit of keeping players sweet and happy. But now that it's kind of, that's all gone, now, you know, guys start to find excuses or call it what you like, to, uh, to you know, grumblings of discontent, that unhappy and Griffith Stigley was a player that put up with for so long but no, if you don't play me, I, I will. I'll go. 
you know, and Scott rightly says, strikers like that cost money and the English club can afford yeah. uh, whatever you want to yeah. And I think the league yeah, is of today is a different striker to the one that when Brendan Rodgers came in the door. I think there's more teams <coughs> there, isn't there? Most definitely. Yeah, most definitely. He's listened to the pennies dropped. Yeah. Yeah. Griffiths, if you want to be Celtic's main man, you have to listen and learn. And all all the daft stuff that he might have been associated with, you know, in, in his younger days, it's, it's been knocked out of him because he realises that there are no better places to play football and score goals than for Celtic. And if you do it regularly, then you know, you're, you're a hero, you're, you know, the way it is. <coughs> so we'll turn quickly to the Europa League with Zenit. Big mm-hmm. game, as you can imagine, it's not an easy draw. What do you think the chances are, Scott? Well, again, I, people ask me this, and I, I think it's a very difficult one to answer right now until we see what, you know, Celtic do in the transfer market in January, and there's a lot of football to be played from now those games as well so you don't know what kind of form Celtic are going to be leading into that for all we know you know Celtic you know turn the screws and, and start you know performing like they did you know last season again um, and Sinclair you know it's unbelievable I mean Sinclair's stats this year are phenomenal you know the, the amount of goal return he's had but I think if you're looking at his all-round game and I'm being really really picky uh-huh. mind you but what have you I, I just don't think he's his all-round game's been at those levels that what he was to be the player of the year last year but I think that's not just him. I think, I think we're looking at Celtic last year, and it's hard not to make comparisons to to the Invincibles last year because I think one to eleven, and and even twelve, thirteen, and fourteen were all coming in, and they were all playing out their skin. You know, whereas this year, I think we're just looking for a little bit more out of the likes of Dembele's and Sinclair's because of the elite levels that they reached last year, um, and if he can start performing, they get Patrick Roberts back as well. Um, which has not worked out in terms of the move itself for me up until now, you know, how, how long they waited for Patrick. And it's been unfortunate that, that he's had this hamstring injury, but, um, you know, it's, it, it, there's still a little while to go before this season ends. And hopefully, from a Celtic point of view, that that, that loan does work out because they paid a lot of money for him. Let's get that right, you know, in terms of his, you know, his weekly wage and where Celtic could have gone with that. And they waited and they waited and they waited and they finally got their man. So they need Patrick back, you know, firing all cylinders also and, and making it competitive between Sinclair and, and Forrest also. And it was kind of around about this time Patrick came into the team last year. Yes, he did, yeah. Last season and, and did so well and became the icon and the, Celtic, the man that Celtic fans wanted so badly. So maybe history could repeat itself, as Scott says. But I, I think the supporters are looking for more from Sinclair and more from Dembele because they know it's in the locker mm-hmm. and whether you put that down to performance levels dropping I don't know would the manager allow that but there's certainly something not right for those players to be playing below the standard that they, they set last season Were you impressed with Mikey Johnson last night? I, I like Michael Johnson what I've seen of Mikey he comes on and he busies himself around and, and that's all you can do when you get the nod you come on and you make an impression and, and bit by bit you maybe get a chance to make a further impression but I mean, it's a hard task getting into that team and trying to disclose the ways. You know, the three guys that were spoken yeah. about, Edward Griffiths, and you know, you've said so. No way, but I think it shows that the managers get confidence in it. We go and let them have a, a run out against uh, <coughs> Patrick Thistle. Go on and make a name for yourself, or go on and and, and as, as I touched on earlier, every experience you get can only stand you in good stead. You want more of it, so I think that'll push Mike on to try and be more. Part, more and more part of the first team squad and get 
15 minutes here, 20 minutes there, and when he does get a chance then, stick it away and make, make the manager keep picking him for the squads. So we turn to Saturday, Aberdeen. Do you think maybe Danny McInnes last week watching Celtic wasn't for nearly the whole, or you could have kept that for one week more <laughs> to finally get that victory against Celtic? Uh, possibility. It gives him a little bit of remit, albeit very, very tough going to Celtic Park You know, for, for Aberdeen. Um, uh, it's going to be a big ask, but you know, in terms of, they'll, they'll take a lot from obviously Celtic's defeat on Sunday and, and try and emulate little bits and pieces of that. Obviously, they had a fantastic result against Hibs as well. So, in terms of you know getting all the, the rubbish aside for for Derek, you know, in terms of the speculation um, of, of where his future was going to lie, I think that's helped the whole club calm down, the players you know, get back on that pathway, and I think they'll have a really good week leading into this game and. Uh, hopefully it makes for a cracker. Um, I still think Celtic are not playing at the level, so if it, I think it's a great time to go and go and play Celtic. That's for sure. The one thing I'll say about Celtic is, which you never thought at any time last season domestically, there's an air of vulnerability about them now. Hearts exploited that last week. Mm-hmm. Aberdeen might fancy their chances, you know, because the two defenders are they, you know, performing to their top level. So if you can get in and about them, especially at the back of the pack, they're there can be mistakes and, and weaknesses there so Aberdeen Scott said that this is probably one of the best chances Aberdeen do have of coming to Glasgow and registering the result but again it's a tall order as you've seen in the past when teams have fancy their chances and they come and they, they leave with nothing I think it's funny sorry just to touch on yeah. before we move on is you said vulnerability about the team itself I think it's a vulnerability about the whole club itself the fans <laughs> itself because they start to put pressure, added yeah, pressure yeah, six, on the on the players yeah. themselves yeah. and the expectation levels because of last year as well. We keep going on about it, but and then all of a sudden they, they see things that weren't what they were that previous, and they start getting on the players' backs, and, and that has a real detrimental effect. You know, I know we're talking about top pl- level players here, but in terms of the the mental side of that, it's not always easy to pick yourself up from that. And if yeah. if you're making a couple of bad passes and things aren't going your way. Then that's something I think Derek will touch upon as well. If they can keep, you know, the Celtic crowd, you know, quiet and grumbly, that that could play in, you know, their hands also. And as I said earlier, party came and for thirty-five minutes, shut up shop, and it was nil-nil, and it was very, very boring spectacle. You know, and it took something special to unlock that. Now, you know, McInnes has got better players at his disposal, and they will ask questions in the final third. Well, it's one of those questions, you know. I was going to ask you that, Tony. There was a one 0 game just after the winter break last year with Aberdeen and there was a high press and not to go too much tactics and same with the Scottish Cup final, the real success happened when they were pressing high up the pitch. The Aberdeen would have been vulnerable against Celtic when they've been passive. How would you if you were picking a team in Saturday Scott, how would you do tell them to go? I think you would. Yeah, I think you have to squeeze Celtic. I have to especially from especially when Craig gets it at the back. I think the one thing you, you make Celtic do time and again is you make them kick long. You know, that's a big problem for Celtic. That they haven't found, you know, times when Dembele's played, it has been the answer. Um, of recent times, it hasn't been. And, and that's gave Celtic a real issue when they can't play out from the back and get a rhythm and you make them kick it. I think it becomes a lot more difficult for Celtic and you can get on top of them a little bit. So I think that will be possibly the remit is to try and stop them at source when Craig gets the ball, not to, you know, let Scott Brown get on the ball and dictate play because I think really. As we all know, if Scott starts getting on the ball, he really makes everything tick. He starts everything, you know, from you know right from the back and, and starts the attacks and, and all the good play comes through Scott. So I think that's another target they'll be looking at. And conversely, Aberdeen tried that in October. 
and they were slotted aside three nothing, mm-hmm. and arguably one of the best domestic displays from Celtic. We quite a yeah. attack on that game. They were a bit uh, well. They couldn't get near them. Yeah, let's fair, be honest. They fair. couldn't get the ball. Yeah. yeah. You know, and and their intention, we kind of said, was <coughs> to do the high press and force Celtic into, you know, kicking it long, but they just couldn't get the ball. Yeah. You know, so you you run the risk of mm-hmm. if you look at the Hearts game last week and think. I'll try and emulate that if it doesn't work. You know, because Celtic with the quality of play around about yeah. as they showed that night in Pretoria, and that was one of the, the more impressive performances under Rodgers uh, domestically. Certainly, I think know. that would be to do with what shape Brendan chooses as well. I think he caught Derek really off guard yeah. that night because in Griffiths terms of playing a back Dembele three, played yeah, he played a back yeah. three and he, he played more. He played more like a, a box midfield yeah, yeah, four yeah. with wing backs. Uh-huh. And they had that extra man everywhere around the pitch, and I think uh, I think Derek will just be hoping you know Tom Rogish doesn't play the real scourge of you <laughs> yeah, know, Aberdeen you know of, yeah. of, of recent times. And again, we talked about you know some of the other players. He's another one this year yes. who hasn't reached the heights of, of what he did last year. You know, so I mean, it's we can be really negative on it, or we can have a flip on it, and, and in terms of there's still a lot more to come from all these these players that Celtic have at their disposal, and if they can. Reach those levels, then Celtic going to be very, very the supporters are hoping there's a lot more to come from yeah. those guys, you know, because they've been, wouldn't say disappointed, but I don't know. As you say, there's an anxiety there now mm-hmm. when they take to the field with supporters about certain players. I think Sinclair being one of them, Roger being another. I think know? that's why an injection in, in January could be a great thing for Celtic. A little bit of, you know, more competition yeah. for places, and it gives you, it does really give you a drive. It really does. What was your pinpoint, Scott? In terms of, uh, it, it's well, obviously the centre half was one because it, it just like we touched on, Sviatchenko didn't didn't look like he was in the picture. Um, I, I would still go. It depends on how long Patrick Roberts is out for, but you know, generally he likes to play one up front, so you're not going to be looking at another striker. I'd possibly be looking at ten though. You know, if, if he doesn't feel that Tom Rogic is 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 up to the levels at the moment, I think that's somewhere where they, they could do with an extra one. You know, instead of a striker. They could do with that one that can play in, in, a, in a sort yeah. of a false sort of nine, you know, that can score goals. <laughs> they cost a lot of money. That's <laughs> yeah, the problem. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we'll see how much is in the piggy bank. Just to touch by an Aberdeen game, just further behind the number 10, you've got probably a competition between Tram and Armstrong. Armstrong's got the goal. Do you think this is a great chance for Armstrong now to kick on score a stunner against Patrick Thistle? This could be a real Scottish game, Aberdeen, back to basics for him. Every time you think that Armstrong is going to kick on, he seems to regress. I don't know what it is. And then he'll pull something out of the bag, you know, that's special. But Scott touched on earlier, I, I like Sham. You know, I, I think he's a player that's grown into it. And bear in mind, when you come from a culture that, that has it, it it's, uh, it's difficult to come to Celtic and just hit the ground running. You know, he... he, he his, his English is getting better, but you know there's a language barrier for a start, and then the demands that are placed on you when you come to a club at Celtic, you're not allowed not to be successful straight away, you know. But there's there's a player in Sham, and I think it's why Brendan's persevering with him, because that every game that he plays, he does something. And you think mm-hmm. you've got, you've got real ability, you know, and and for four million quid, you think okay. If you could put it all together, you would be the complete package. But he's maybe just not trusted to put it all together mm-hmm. now, which is why Sham, Roger, Armstrong are getting, and you know, 
extended runs of team at different yeah. yeah. It's been a real problem for Brendan yeah. that as well because if you look at again, uh, if you look at last year, there wasn't too many changes no, within the, the first eleven. A lot. He just went with that eleven yeah. constantly. And you were thinking and you were thinking sometimes, oh you'll give a couple of rest tonight. No, he didn't. He just went with them every single time. But he's not found that mm. that formula this year on in terms of his his trusted eleven. He, he's still trying to find it even up until now. Which is why those three guys floating in and out. McGregor's another one as well. You know McGregor as well, who got a purple patch and is now again another one who maybe you think can maybe do with coming out of the team for to be replaced by Sharon Armstrong, Logic, whoever, you know. But I, I think Scott's right, he, he, he hasn't found that perfect mix in the midfield yet, you know, and he's still tinkering with it, which can lead again to, you know, the results that they're having. Back to the strikers, if you were put in the spot, which are about to be, who do you think will start up front <laughs> for Celtic against Aberdeen? Who do you think will go for? <clears throat> I think just for the sure for the sure of what I said earlier in terms of expecting Aberdeen to, to possibly high press him, I think it will be Dembele. I think he's the only one that's not had a crack in the, in the last two. Yeah. So it's, so, it's also a big game that floats yeah. Dembele's boat. It's mm-hmm. also the kind of game that he turns up in. Mm-hmm. So I, I think... Get a rest in Boxing Day against Dundee and then back to Rangers. I, I, I also believe <coughs> that games like that, if that's who you've got at your disposal, you have to play Dembele. You know, because he offers that. He, he can take them on, on his Todd. Yeah up there he, he, he relishes that role and he's got everything you know and if you give him the ball he'll score I just think he offers yeah. that, that something different you know yeah that's, and I think the one thing for the weekend as well I think it was quite a, it was a good turnout last night wasn't it Tony to be fair I think it was a good yeah, I was in fact this is more akin to the kind of big game big atmosphere three o'clock kick off as well of on course, TV yeah. game, I sometimes think that makes a difference I remember uh, maybe back in the striking days it was a Hearts game and Hearts were emerging that was a free hop it's a different atmosphere when it's uh, non-TV and just before Christmas so yeah, it's a bit cracker definitely it, it is very difficult at this time of the year um, when everyone's so busy yeah. you know, celebrating and yeah. in, in the festive spirit that sometimes you, your crowds do dwindle here and there and, and sometimes atmosphere wise that can make it difficult you know, to get up for certain games I know Celtic played Hamilton last week and it was yeah. a very poor crowd it almost had a a League Cup vibe feel yeah. to it, you know, in terms of when Celtic have those early League Cup, you know, games at Celtic Park. Um, but yeah, like you touched on there, it was good to see the fans, you know, in their droves, you know, last night, you know, back in their team in terms of off the back of the, you know, that result. I think the weather helped as well. It wasn't too cold. Yeah. You know, it was mild. Tropical. Ah, yeah, it was yeah. mild enough for people to go. Had it been played the week before, yeah. you would have played to yeah. a half empty stadium. It was just yeah. too cold to turn up, you know. But hey. But Saturday will be a Saturday's one of those games that pre Christmas cracker. Aye, you, you, you want to be there to see yeah. that because it'll be a great. Experience. And it gives them an uh, you know the extra motivations to, to obviously to you know make the gap even bigger than what it is yeah, at the minute. Go eight clear, you know, at this juncture of the seasons, a decent cushion. Definitely. So give us a prediction, Tony. What do you think? Oh, I think uh, I'll I'll say three one Celtic. Will they start quick? Will it be? Well, it's not. It's not the. It's not the. Uh, Mode of software and deck to start quick, so probably not. <laughs> they might have to go go down before they kind of answer some kind of question. But uh, I think they've just got better quality, and I think that shows in the end that they're a, they're a better team. But they'll be made to work hard for it, and they'll have to earn it. Will that win lead to wins against Dundee and Rangers as well? Do you think this is the start now after 
get back to basic games. Well, I think if they want to prove that they're over their hearts result and there's no hangover at all from that, then yeah, they'll, they'll be targeting 9 out of 9 from Aberdeen, Dundee and Rangers. Easier said than done. But I, I think they won't admit that publicly, but privately, I think anything less will be a bitter disappointment to them. Because there'll still be the belief there that they're better than Aberdeen, Dundee and Rangers and they're ca- well capable of taking care of all three. But again, you have to prove that, don't you? Mm-hmm. What's your prediction, Scott? I, I think uh, Celtic win 2-0. Um, I think Derek McInnes has a very difficult choice in terms of who he plays further up top. I think that's been a real difficult problem for him mm-hmm. in these big without games. Without Ryan Christie as well. Yes, yeah. without Ryan Christie, which is a huge, huge loss. He's been probably the, you know, one of their players of the season up until now. Um, Gary Mackay-Steven obviously coming off two good goals, though, you know, wanting to go back, prove a point. So it's good to see him back in a, in a bit of form. But does he play Rooney and May, or does he play you know one or the other? Um, if he doesn't play Rooney, he loses physicality. There's, there's all those questions to be answered, and I think that's been a huge problem. You know, playing against the top teams, who he plays up top to, to real, really give them problems. And a slight tangent from that, Ryan Christie, he's another one to come back into the Celtic yeah. team at the end of the season now. Now Ryan could walk into that Celtic team because he's shown, mm-hmm. he's gained all the experience, and he's looked every inch a cracking player. Yeah. You know, and you, these are the guys that you can build around. You know that fake yeah. striker role that you're playing yeah, false nine, you can yeah. see him in that pocket can't you because he's very creative he's very forward thinking and he's got good eye for a pass and can score goals the one as thing well he do, the one thing he does that, 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 that obviously the, the others that Celtic have in that position when he plays in behind the strikers he runs in behind yeah Causes real threats in behind, you know. Whereas it, obviously it, it, Tommy likes to come defeat more and play in front of you know the the, the centre forward. Whereas he, he breaks lines, and I think Celtic have really relied on Stuart Armstrong a, yeah. a heavy amount to do that when he plays. But it, to have someone of the likes of Christie to be able to go and do that as well, and that's why I say that's a, a place where they could do with someone yeah. that could do that and really cause you know defences problems, you know, within the league and in Europe. And I'm sure Rogers is monitoring what you've been doing with Aberdeen and thinking, you, there could be a slot for you when you come back. Okay. So that's all for us this week. We'll be back at some point next week between Christmas and New Year, which I'm sure will be a very sober affair on the podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, you can. I'm on Twitter at Graham underscore Young 27. Tony? My Twitter handle's at A Haggerty DR. Scott? Don't have one. Oh, like hey. smart man. <laughs> smart man. You need to get on Twitter, Scott. Yeah. No thanks. all the fun happens. <laughs> yes. I get enough abuse from Saturday to Saturday. That's that, yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, so don't forget it. To, <coughs> that's it. So don't forget to subscribe at iTunes or Audio Boom to get the podcast as soon as it's available. And if you like it, please review and rate us there too. Thanks for listening.